0: Blessings and a listening ear. Ears. Yeah, listening ears. Ears. Some only. No, never mind. Well, thank you, Lord. Lord, Father God, we just ask you, Lord, to again give us listening ears. I bless your word as you speak it. Um, Take this vessel and only allow your words to go through my mouth and touch the ears and hearts of those here today. Let your truth find its way deep. Keep it simple, Lord, so that we can understand. And help us, Lord, to just believe your truth. Not just with mental assent, not just with our mind, but that we do it here in spirit and in truth. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, I'm gonna talk about two things today. Um, the scriptures say that our life on this earth is short. Matter of fact, in James it says our life on this earth is is like a vapor. That kind of appears for a short time, then it just vanishes away. You know, on a nice cool day um, when you see that water, if you see, you're around water and you see that vapor kind of rising up and as the sun begins to shine through the day and pretty soon that vapor's gone and the sun is shining on the water, it says our lives are like that. It says that our lives are like grass. That kind of grows up and then the sun comes and the rains come and the grass grows, but then it just fades away, it's gone as the winter comes upon it. Our lives are like that on this earth, but what I want to talk about today is two places. Every single person on the face of the earth previous and into the future, is going to spend eternity in one of these two places. So we're going to talk today about hell, um, it's really called the lake of fire, as uh, the eternal resting place, but a lot of times they call it hell in the scriptures, I'll explain that. And then heaven, and um, so again, every single person is going to spend eternity there. Matter of fact, we spend so much time on this earth. You know, taking care of this life. You know, people got 401ks and houses and things and cars, and you're supposed to have all that stuff. But we spend so much time taking care of this life. But this life is, in comparison to our future life, is but one sand on uh, all the seashores of all of this world as it comes to time. If your life, your time on this earth is but a single grain of sand, but your eternity is all the rest of those sands on the seashore. Don't you think it might be important to kind of focus a little bit on the eternal things and on eternity and where you're going to spend eternity? So the scriptures, God's word, says every single person in here is gonna spend eternity in one of these two places. There's no getting around it, there's no middle ground. And You can not believe God and take the chance of not believing God and then find out where you're going to spend eternity because you don't believe God. But I I don't think you want to take that chance. Um, Even if you're 99% right, the 1% chance of you not being right that has to do with all of your eternity. So you're going to spend one of two places uh, for all eternity. That's what God says. So I'm going to just share what God says about these two places and uh, let you see them. We don't hear a lot of messages on hell and I'm just going to ask God to make it real to us and we don't hear a lot of messages on heaven and I'm just going to ask God to make it real to us. But do you know that there's over 150 verses in the Bible just on hell? So when people say a a loving God will never send anybody to hell, there's no such thing uh, as hell, God would never do that. God never, never sends anyone to hell. Everyone who ever goes to hell chooses to go there because God has made a way for everyone to live with him for all eternity in heaven. And God sent his only begotten son. God sent his love letter to us. God sent he did everything he could to make sure that we knew that what heaven was and what it was to become his child again and to live with him for all eternity. But yet people would rather not believe God in his word, in his son. And live in this one grain of sand in their own way with the possibility of living all eternity in a place of torment. And a lot of people think, well, hell is just this place where I'm going to hang out with all my friends, you know, and I'm just going to go party in hell. I'm going to describe hell to you as the word of God describes hell to you. And I don't think there's going to be a person in this place that's going to walk out of here today that'll ever want to spend one minute in hell because hell is a place of eternal torment. It's a place where you go into a prison cell in blackness, where you have no footing, where you have, it says you, you're, you don't have any footing, and where you're tormented day and night, where you don't see another person, where the screams are never ending, and the wailing is never ending, and the torment never stops. It says where the worms are just eating you forever and ever, and they never are, are done. The greatest fear this one guy, who actually, excuse me, went to hell and returned, and God showed him hell, he says, I hated spiders. I hate spiders on earth. You know what his prison cell was? It was blackness with spiders, large and small and big all over him for the whole time just biting and crawling and he couldn't get them off and when he'd wipe them off there'd be more and they were different sizes another person described it as these being like things and I couldn't see them but they would just rip at me and claw at me and laugh at me and and tear at me but I would never be able to die and I wanted to die and I couldn't die those are some of the things we'll talk about uh, about hell but let me just read what, um, there's 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. The 15th fundamental truth that we believe as Assemblies of God is this, final judgment. I'm going to read it. There will be a final judgment in which the wicked dead will be raised and judged according to their works. Whosoever is not found written in the book of life, and that's called the Lamb's Book of Life or the Book of Life in the Bible, together with the devil and his angels and the beast and the false prophet will be consigned to everlasting punishment in a lake, a fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is called the second death. And that's there's probably about 12... Scripture verses here. I'm not going to go into every one of them. One of them is Revelation 21-8, Matthew 25-46, Mark 9:43 through 48 I don't have time to go through all these Scripture verses, but what I would ask you to do, if you have any thought of maybe what I'm saying, you have any thought of it might not be true, please go to the Word of God and look up these things and see what God says about them yourself. I don't have time to go through all 150 verses. It's eternal, there's no restoration of any kind. Once you get in and you're locked down there, and you're actually there, and the judgment has taken place, like I said, some people were brought there by Jesus himself and shown this so that they would come back and share with people. But once you're locked in down there, you're not getting out. There's no such thing as purgatory in the Bible. So once you go there, you're there for all eternity. Um, it's a life sentence. There's no parole. It's forever. So let me go through some of the verses about hell. I've got a bunch of them written here. And if you just bear with me, I've got way too much written here that I'm not going to be able to go through because I just did way too much work here. But I'm going to share as much as I can with you. Let's do this first. Let's go to John 3.16. Everybody knows that verse, right? John 3.16. That's a verse that you see all over the place. I'm going to read a couple of verses in John. John 3.16 through maybe John 3.19 um, out of the scriptures. So let's turn there, John 3.16 in our Bible. John 3.16 says this For God so loved the world. Matter of fact, some of you probably know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, and whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was given so that none of us would ever perish in hell for all eternity, but would actually have everlasting life, and it says in verse 17, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn you to hell. Jesus came so that you could be saved and live with God forever and ever. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. So all we got to do is believe in Jesus and we're not going to be condemned to hell. That's that simple. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world but men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. The only begotten Son of God comes into the world, dies in our place, and says all you have to do is believe in me because I've already died in your place so you don't have to be condemned. All you have to do is believe in me and I will take you to heaven myself. Mm. Verse 36 of the same chapter says, uh, this is chapter 3 of John, Verse 36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. These are the words of God himself telling us that there's a way out for everyone and there's a way that he made for all of us. See, when he put man on earth, he put man on earth to live forever in a garden and he says, go and multiply and take dominion over the garden but man decided to go his own way and kind of rebelled against God and we know the whole story because we've been living it on this earth. But Jesus also came so that man could come back to God even though man separated himself from God so that we can again have eternal life with God. And this is the whole story of the, the Bible of us having salvation and being one with God again. So let's talk about hell a little bit. Okay, in Proverbs uh, 7, 27, you don't have to jump to all these places. You can write them down or you can, I can give you the 150 verses because I've got them all. I read every single one of them before I came up here today over the last week. So I studied this tremendously over and over and over again. I put hours and hours and hours in making sure that I followed what the Word of God says. Proverbs 7:27 says... That they will descend into the chambers of death. That those that are put in hell are going to descend into the chambers of death. Uh, Isaiah 24, 22 says, And they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and they will be shut up in prison. That doesn't sound like you're going to be parting with your friends in hell. Lamentations 355 says, They will be put out into the lower dungeons. Mm. Um, it sounds like there's going to be bars and there's going to be gates. Um, Job 17:16 says, They shall go down to the bars of the pit. So it talks about that they will actually be go down to the bars of the pit. Um, again, a description of hell is in um, Psalm 9:13. It says, You who lift me up from the gates of death. So it's God who lifts us up so we don't have to go into the gates. Again, a picture of gates of death. So again, this looks like it's some type of a prison cell that happens to us when we go down there. And the people who went down there, there's a book, there's a pretty good book called 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss. He actually lines up with the scripture, and um, we know his background. He's been on Sid Roth and different places, and he, everything he says pretty much lines up with with the scripture, he describes 23 minutes of being down there, and then God says, okay, now I want you to go back. Or actually, Jesus brought him down there. He says, now I want you to go back, and I want you to describe this place in detail to people. And he wrote a book called 23 Minutes in Hell, a good book. It, again, it follows the Word of God. Because some of this, there's a lot of junk out there, but this one I would recommend if you want to get a book that follows the Word of God. It's called 23 Minutes in Hell. He spent 23 minutes down there and he said that I was in a prison cell. He said, And God, Jesus left him for a short time. He said these demons that were around me were just tormenting me and and kicking me and hurting me and ripping at me. He said they were actually ripping, I felt like I had skin and they were like ripping it off. But even though they were ripping it off it was like I couldn't die and I just like the pain was tremendous. He says I had no stability. He says I was floating in the cell with no stability. So when they would kick me I would just fall. But there were sides to it because I'd hit them. But I would just, he felt like he was just floating in there. And he said the pain was tremendous and they laughed and mocked him. And he says the stench was so bad, but I'll get into that a little later, the stench of of hell. Because all through the scripture it talks about the foul odor of hell, rotting death and rotting flesh and just the smell of it. Um, I don't know if you guys like that smell or not, but um, there are also degrees of punishment in hell. It says the lower parts of hell, the bowel of hell, the bowels of hell. It talks about that there are levels of hell. And just like I'm going to share shortly here that there are also levels of heaven. But the scripture shows that there's, there's different levels of hell. Um, Psalm 86, 13 says, You have delivered my soul into the lowest depths of Sheol. Psalm 86 8, says, you have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Zechariah 1.6 says, just as the Lord of hosts had determined to do to us, according to our own ways, according to our deeds, so he deals with us. So according to our ways and our deeds, it si- seems like each person is going to have some type of different prison cell and some type of different torment. Some it says there'll be lower depths into the bowels of the dragon even, but that's another. Um, Matthew sixteen twenty-seven says that he, meaning God, will he will reward you according to your works. So there's gonna be a reward in hell according to your works, or a reward in heaven according to your works. Matthew twenty three, fifteen says, and he makes them Twofold more a child of hell than themselves. So, two, um, twofold more a child of hell. So there is degrees of hell, but I don't think anybody wants to be even in the highest degree of hell, if there is such a thing. The smell, the death, the destruction, the pain, the heartache, for the internal, eternal separation from God. Eternal destruction without ever being able to die. Pain that never goes away, but you can never die. I've got way too much here. Let me let me read Proverbs twenty-one fifteen says destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. Uh, Matthew thirteen forty-two says there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Matthew twenty three thirty three says, "How can you escape the damnation of hell? Because you can't. Luke, and a lot of these words, in the, especially the New Testament, are Jesus' words. Luke 13:3 says, "Unless you repent, you will likewise perish." Romans 3:16 says, "Destruction and misery are their ways." 2 Thessalonians 1, nine, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his powder, power. And it goes on and on and on, and scripture after scripture after scripture talks about this eternal separation from God, this eternal torment, this eternal pain, the screams, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth, the smells, the odors, the... It says eternal separation from God in three different verses. That you're eternally separated from the presence of God. Now God is light. So if you're eternally separated from God, which is light, it says hell's a kind of a dark place. Hmm. Fear, it says in Job 31.23, for destruction from God is a terror to me. It talks about terror and, and the terrors of, of hell. Psalm 55, 4 says, The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Um, that there's some type of fear that's going to be on you all the time. It says that hell is a pit. Um, the, actually, the lake of fire is a pit. Let me explain something to you. Here's how, how God d- said it in his word. He takes people in the Old Testament, and he puts them in the place. Those who, by faith, were looking forward to Jesus, went to a place waiting for Jesus. And those who were to be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity were put into a place called Sheol, hell. Matter of fact, Jesus even talks about a story about that. Jesus then dies. He goes down to those in hell in the waiting place, who are waiting for him, he preaches that I'm here, takes those who are being held captive that were supposed to go to heaven once Jesus died, and he takes them captive, he takes them to heaven. As you read in the scripture, that's what he did. So he went down, and all those people that were waiting in the Old Testament, they go to heaven with him. The ones in hell don't. It talks about there's going to be a judgment, several judgments in the Scripture, so people get them all messed up because they don't pay attention to the Word of God. You know, there's actually a judgment for Christians that when we get into heaven that there's actually going to be a judgment seat of Christ where he's going to judge our works. And those things that are wood, hay, and stubble are going to be burnt up. And those things that were lasting are going to be lasting in heaven. It even says to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth doesn't corrupt and where thieves can't break through and steal. Why? Because there's levels of heaven and there's actually going to be a judgment seat of Christ who judges Christians as they come into heaven. I'll get into that more. But there's also a holding place called Hell or Sheol where people are right now. But there's going to be a great white throne judgment in the book of Revelation, it talks about it, where God finally says, Devil, I've had enough of you. You know, the false prophet, the beast, all the demons of hell are gonna be taken and dropped in what's called the the eternal lake of fire for all eternity. So this holding place called hell is going to be, death and Hades and hell is going to be put into the eternal lake of fire. So even though you're in this prison cell and even though you're in this place being held, there's going to be an eternal lake of fire that they're all. everyone's going to stand before God and give an account and if your name is not in the book of life dropped in the eternal lake of fire for all eternity. Mm. There's no hope the scripture says the hope of the unjust perishes. That's Proverbs 11.7 There's no mercy because mercy was given to us while we were on this earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And you chose not to accept it. The people that were going to hell chose to go to hell. It says that every single person on the face of the earth in Romans chapter 1 can know and understand some form of God. And that they can just look into the heavens and know and understand. Because people say, well what about that tribe in New Guinea who's hidden away? God makes himself real to every single person on the face of the earth. And every single person has a choice. Now some will not know Jesus to the degree we do. But every single person on the face of of this earth has a choice, whether they're gonna burn eternity in hell or they're gonna live with God for all eternity with him, which we, we call heaven. There's no mercy after you get there. The mercy's now. Quit playing around in this life. It says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. Scripture says that, and then the scripture says, what will a man give in exchange for a soul? There's nothing worth eternal damnation on this earth. Yet mankind, for some reason, puts this little speck of sand ahead of God and wants to live their own life, their own way, and they don't believe the things of God and they push the Son of God aside and don't accept his sacrifice. And it says it's a fearful thing for man to fall into the hands of an angry God. God's love is immense, but if you continue to step over his Son and put the Son's blood under your feet, there's an eternal damnation waiting for you. That's what the scripture says. There's no peace. It says, destruction comes and they will seek peace, but there will be none. There's no purpose, for in death there is no remembrance of you. You'll have no purpose. You're going to be locked in a cell, burning in torment and fire and brimstone and being tormented. There's no purpose. You're just going to be there. And you're not going to be able to die. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, for there's no work or device or knowledge, or wisdom in the grave. He's talking about the, the eternal grave of hell. Let me share some more verses with you. Total fire and burning. Um, Psalm 140 verse 10 said that the burning coals of fire fall upon them let them be cast into the fire into the deep pits and they will not rise up again. Isaiah 66:24 24 says, and their fire is not quenched. This is hell, this is real. Do you really wanna take a chance? Do you know people that may be taking a chance? Let's look at it this way, I may know Jesus Christ and I may know that I'm going to heaven, hallelujah, and most of you may know that, and I hope all of you do. But what if there's like your neighbor and you're watching his house burn right now? He lives across the street, or lives by you, and his house is on fire, and they're sleeping, let's say they're sleeping upstairs, they don't know what's going on. And their house is on fire. Well, I don't want to offend them and run over there and try to get them saved, you know. Their house is on fire, I'm watching it burn. But, I I mean, I don't want to offend them by bringing up, you know, and that's how we are sometimes as Christians. We don't want to bring up the truth of what eternity is to people, because we don't want to offend them, and we watch them burn and we watched them die, and we watched them go into eternal death. And I, this is, this is made up right now, let me make up something. But what if I was one of those people who died, and you knew, and you never warned me, and now I'm in eternal torment and pain and punishment separated from God because I didn't believe the truth, but you had the truth and you didn't share it with me? How do you think I would feel to you, about you? Man, I'd get in your face real quick. You knew the truth. You knew that how this works, and you never shared it with me. Fire and burning the worms. It says that in Mark nine forty four, and their worms do not die, and the fire is not quenched. And it talks about worms and maggots that ah. I don't know, the worms and maggots don't die. And they're just crawling all over, all in you, and on you, and stuff. But you can't get rid of them. Um, Revelation 20.10 says, And they were cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, and they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Mm. There's four different scriptures that talk about the odors and the stench of hell. And how you can't get away from the odors and stench of hell, the smells and the stench that's going on in in hell is eternal. The one guy, Bill Weiss again, who went down there and Jesus brought him down there to come back and share this. It says the s- smell was so thick that you could actually feel it, that you could touch it, that it just permeated you. And it was a sell- smell of death that he'd never smelt this deep before. You know, how many of have, have you have smelled something like a, something rotting? <laughs> and then you got a good whiff of that? Well, think of that eternally happening, never going away, that that's what you're living in, that smell. Um, It says that they have a body in hell. So somehow we have a body when we go to hell. Even though the flesh of the body's got to be like, how can it last in this place? But somehow we have a spiritual body in hell. And and the people who actually went there, again, Bill Weiss is one example. He says... It looked like their, when I could see them, like their flesh was all ripped up and torn up, but they did have some flesh on them, but yet it was like just torn and ripped, and I don't know how they lived because I could see the skeletons through, and they did have a skeleton, so there was something I could see that was like tangible, but he didn't know how they lived. He says, I didn't see any blood flow of any kind, but somehow you live, and you can't die in that state of torment wrath. It says, let them go down to hell, alive, into hell. Psalm 55, verse 15. There's a lot of scripture here. Are are you getting a little bit of a picture of hell and an eternal fire? Every single person on the face of the earth, I will guarantee this, is either going to spend eternity in hell or the lake of fire, or they're going to spend eternity in heaven with God. Period. There's no other place. There's no other choice. And I don't know how to get that across to you. You have no other choice. And if you don't believe me, check out what God says in his word. And if you don't believe that, I hope God puts you in hell for a couple minutes right now or sometime in the future. And that you taste it for yourself so you can see it before you have that final choice. Hell is not a place where you're going to go party. Hell is a place for torment. And it wasn't made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. Man rebelled against God. And because man chose his rebellion of God and didn't accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and didn't accept the sacrifice, man chose to go to hell. Hell was created for the devil and the fallen angels, not for man. But man has chose to go there. It says, death and hell has enlarged herself because of our choices. Mankind's, not, not yours, but mankind's choices. I would not want my worst enemy to live for all eternity in a place like that. And please don't believe what I'm saying right now. Look up the scriptures I read to you. Look up the Word of God. This is so important to you. Some of you are, you know, you plan for your retirement, you plan for your job, you do all these things in this earth that is but a single sand on the seashore but yet you don't check out where you're gonna spend eternity. You don't check out if it's true. You don't check out the thing that's the most important. I beg you, if you do not believe what I'm saying up here today, check it out for yourself. It's too big of an issue not to check out. Did I get across a little bit of hell? As in, I, and I don't do this often, but let me do one thing. Does anybody have any question about hell right now? before we move on to heaven. Yes, Jason.
1: I'm just wondering, Pastor. am the, the people of our past, that I mean, we've dealt with, if we didn't step in before they passed away, Pastor, Neer, and they were not a believer of Christ, and they didn't, you know, is, it, is how did they get, I mean, can we, because I feel bad, Pastor, because I've left people behind, and I've said, you don't believe I'm out of here, and I never tried to explain
0: to them anything. So, what happened to those friends and family They're in hell if they died and they didn't accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. And there's no way out. But there's no purgatory. It says that he will wash away all your tears. It says that you are gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ and a lot of your works are gonna be burnt up. Wood, hay, and stubble is gonna be burnt up. But those things that are everlasting will go on and you're going to attorney. Will there be some issues? I'm gonna get into that right now and maybe I'll answer that question because every single one of us are gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As Christians, going to heaven. Every single one of us is going to give an account of how we lived our life on this earth. Just because you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's your entrance. Hallelujah, that's great. You're in heaven. But every single one of you, after accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will give an account of himself to Jesus Christ. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat, S-E-A-T. Let me read it. Jason, maybe this will help. This is in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Therefore, we make our aim, he's talking about Christians, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, meaning we better be well-pleasing to Jesus, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of you may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Does that answer that question? Yes or no, (laughs) Pastor Jim. Well, we'll go on and I will. (laughs) I want to know what happened
1: to my friends and family, Pastor Jim, that I didn't preach to God.
0: They're in hell and they're burning forever. (laughs) I know you don't like it, but that's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where they are. Um, And we don't, I mean, after they're there, they're there.
1: Saw
0: your life, they saw your testimony, and prayed to God that they asked God at their last minute because you yeah. can not be on the cross at the last minute. In right. so there's yep. hope. Yeah. I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. In the beginning of Romans, it says that every single person, either by looking at the stars, the sky, every single person is given an opportunity. They, they, they will have an opportunity to choose. If they choose. Death, they chose death. If they chose life, they chose life. Every single person has the opportunity. Here's what I know about babies. It says babies were born with original sin, and babies are on their way to hell, but for some reason, God washes them, it seems to indicate, because everyone who's got, who went into heaven has seen babies there being raised. I say, these are the aborted babies. These are the babies who never had a chance. And somehow... And I don't know how, but God says they didn't never got to the place where they could choose yes or no. And there's babies in heaven, according to what these people are saying now. I'm going only by what people have said. And according to the word of God, it says, suffer the little children to come on to me. So babies, because they didn't get a chance to choose. Every person, though, once they get to an age where they can choose, has a chance to choose. Heaven or hell. Let's, let's move on, though, from there. So let's look at the eternal destiny of heaven. So either you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire, or you're going to spend eternity with God forever and ever. And we're destined for one of these two places. It says that the wages of sin... Meaning sin means missing the mark. So the wages of us not getting it or missing the mark or not coming to the truth is death. But the gift of God, if accepted by us, is what? Eternal life. So let's look at eternal life. Um, Where can we... Let's first look at maybe who awaits us as we get into heaven. Who awaits us as we get into heaven is Jesus is there to... Because we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let me read a scripture out of Revelation real quick here. Revelation chapter 1, um, starting in verse 7, maybe 14. Revelation one fourteen. Here's John, um, the revelator. John is the one who laid his head on the breast of Jesus. He knew Jesus. He's the apostle that Jesus loved. John wrote that about himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's the loved apostle, so he knows Jesus intimately, right? Here's Jesus having an encounter, though, with the heavenly. I mean, here's John having an encounter with the heavenly Jesus. And this is in Revelation chapter one, verse <clears throat> beginning in verse 14. And his head and his hair were like wool. He's describing Jesus now and as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were like fine brass, and as he refined like refined in the furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the shining and the strength, like, like bright shining. Uh, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Here's John who knew him. He sees him in his glorified form, Jesus Christ, and he falls down on his, like, at his feet as if he's dead. He says, whoa, I can't even handle the glorified Jesus Christ, the one who knew him intimately. And it goes on, he said, but he laid laid his right hand on me, saying, and this is Jesus' words, do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, behold... I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys to Hades and hell. Jesus, because of what he did, has the keys of Hades, of hell, of eternal punishment. And what he's saying is, I got the keys, and I can unlock that and get you out before you ever have to choose. I've got the keys, but don't go there as... Because we know of the other scriptures. But he actually made a way that people did not have to go to Hades and hell. He's the one. And the picture that most people see when they go to heaven, and again, I'm using the book uh, Imagine Heaven. There's another good book that lines up with the Bible. And again, I don't want to get into the books. I want to get into the Bible. The Bible is what's more important, what the Word of God says. But if these line up totally with the Word of God, then it, you know, I kind of, but there's a book out there called Imagine Heaven, where over a thousand people who died, and these doctors began to, and they were recovered. Matter of fact, you've got that book, Sue. Um, they, they come back from death, so they're, they're declared dead, clinically dead. They die, they come back, And these are the testimonies of many of those people, over a thousand testimonies of people who went to heaven and some who are being dragged into hell. And as they're being dragged into, that's another story, as they're being dragged into hell, they don't get there yet. And they actually get hit, this one guy gets hit with these, with the, what are those things, where they, paddles? And he wakes up and he's screaming, Jesus save me, Jesus save me, they're trying to take me away. Boom, he goes out again. They hit him with the paddles again, boom, he's alive. And he describes what happened as they were ripping him and tearing him and bringing him into this place. But he came back and he's cried out for Jesus. And because he cried out for Jesus, he said the second time I went there, Jesus was with me and said, no, he's cried out to me. So we cry out to Jesus that's the answer but as we go into heaven the picture of almost all these people and it's in their own word is so amazing because everything totally lines up with the word of God. It's weird it's like how can these people from all over the world have the same exact experience. They see loved ones, and the loved ones they see, they say they're say they like they're in their thirties or something. They, they're not, they don't look old, the ones that were older, and they, they, they get this light shining from them, and they, and they move, and they, we, when we talk, they talk like there's no words, but I understood everything they said. And they think, and they talk, and, and, and I'm one with them, and I know everything about them, and they know everything about me. And there's such love there, and he says, the one guy describes, when I step on the grass, the grass is like alive, it's so alive, it's like light. And when I step on it, it just springs back up and it's like eternal grass. I don't know how to describe it. And he says, the trees, there's trees there and they're eternal in the way they are. There's no seasons, he said. He says, they're always in fruit bearing. They're always fruit bearing and people were just taking fruit off these trees. And he said, there's babies running around. And and he says, it's like, so he sees this big park and, and he goes in and he says, I had family members who came to me and welcomed me into this place. And then I saw the man. And most of them see Jesus. Almost within, they see sometimes family members first, but they see Jesus. And almost all of them go through this thing, which they can't describe. They said, my whole life, from the time I was a baby until the time I died, is like on a big TV screen. And he says, there's things that I did that are forgiven and are washed away. And there's things I kind of, Maybe he should have did, but, you know that. But then after, it's, he's done showing me all this, it's Jesus showing him all these things. Most of them, he just comes and he says, and he walks right into me. And I become one with him, and I feel his essence in the light of Jesus, and he's real, and he's alive, and his eyes are like flames of fire, and, he's, and his feet are like brass, as it's described by, John. And when he looks at me, the one guy was saying, as he looks at me, he sees right through me, he knows everything about me, but it's with love. And he loves me so deeply that I can't describe it. And these people begin to describe this entrance into heaven. Now what happens to them is they don't get much farther because somehow they come back alive or somehow they're brought back before they can get in. But they're all giving the same exact picture which lines up with the Word of God. Come on, we're gonna be known as who we are. We're gonna have better bodies. We're gonna be in a body that is gonna live for all eternity, that'll never wear out. Uh, that doesn't have pain, it doesn't have sorrow, it doesn't have sickness. We're gonna live in a place where you'll never have to sleep. Again, because there's no place, you don't need to be restored. They said there's no sleep in heaven. Why? Because there's no need for restoration of the body to, to sleep. The light in heaven, it talks about the light of Jesus and the light of the Father God lights all of heaven. And the way it's described, maybe better, is that this light is everywhere. So in the grass, the light of the Father is alive in the grass. And in people, the light of God is alive in them. And when you embrace him, and when, the one who said, when Jesus came into me, he says, I, it was like, not electricity, but I can't describe it, but somehow he, came, he walked right into me. And his love just like yeah. saturated me. <clears throat> Come on, and this is all eternity. Amen. We're going to be living with the eternal Christ in the presence of God for all eternity. He has brought us back to be eternal with him. It talks about, in the end, what happens in the book of Revelation, that here's what's going to take place in our future, in this world. Very shortly, and I don't know when, there's going to be a man of sin, and it's going to be revealed, that he's going to basically have a little seven-year reign on this earth, which is little nothing. And we call that the tribulation, but either before the tribulation, which I believe, God's going to take his kids that are saved out of the mess that's gonna take place, so seven years will be a little bit of a mess on the earth. For seven years, Jesus takes his bride up to heaven and has a little wedding feast. Then he comes back after this seven-year party and he says that we're gonna be on white horses with him. He's gonna rule and reign on the earth. He's gonna separate the sheep and the goats, which is actually another judgment that people get mixed up and they think it's an eternal judgment. Jesus come ba- comes back and now the nations that are left on the earth, he separates them like the sheep and the goats. That's Jesus' judgment after he returns to the earth. And for a thousand years, Jesus is going to rule and reign on this earth and bring the earth back to how it was in the garden. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we get to be part of that. I don't know how, but it says that we get to rule and reign with him for that thousand years. It says that a baby is going to be a hundred years old and still be a baby, baby during that time on the earth. And that the earth is going to be restored for that thousand year time period. But then at the end of the thousand years, Satan's been locked up all this time. All evil's been locked up all this time. But God unlocks him at the end. And at first it's like, why would you do that, God? But then it comes down to this He wants free will lovers, He doesn't want pets. He doesn't want anyone to be forced to love him. So all these people who live that thousand year millennial time with Christ, is gonna, they're gonna see evil again on the earth. And they're gonna have to choose between good and evil. Amen. And they choose. And then near the end what happens is God comes back. Great white throne judgment, lake of fire, Everything in hell, everything in Hades is thrown in this lake of fire. There's no way to get out, but what God's gonna do says, because your name wasn't written in the book of life, because you weren't written in the Lamb's book of life, because you didn't believe me, this is why you're spending eternity here. All the demons are gonna be locked up there. And oh, by the way, there are some people, I should go back, there are some things that do get out of hell. Um, There are some demons that are gonna be let out of hell for a short time during the tribulation on this earth, that are locked up in the abyss, that after the church and the Holy Spirit's taken out of this earth in that short time called tribulation, it talks about these demons that are let out of the abyss for a short time and torment man on the earth. So I take that back. There are some things that do get out of hell. The demons that he has got locked up there, he's gonna unlock them for a short time on this earth and torment people on this earth. So, God takes all the demons of hell, all the devil and his fallen angels, all the false prophet, all the man of sin, boom, into the lake of fire. Then he's got what's called New Jerusalem. It's a picture of heaven. Heaven comes down to earth and touches down by earth, and it's a 1,500-mile cube. And I'm trying to go as fast as I can and read this in the scripture, and it comes down and for all the rest of eternity man and God will be one. This cube this is, like a, is like this spiritual picture of heaven and it, the picture of earth and New Jerusalem touching or coming together is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. What happens is this earth has been purged now. It's been cleaned by the blood of Christ. Man and God which were meant to live forever, will now live forever. And that's how this book ends. That's how this book ends. There's gonna be more stuff happening, but that's how his love letter to us on this earth ends. So we're going to be alive in new dimensions. We're going to be around loved ones. God is a relational God. We're going to be around a God forever who loves us. His light is going to be shining through us, in us, all around us. There's going to be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Come on, Jesus is going to be with us forever. And it does say that there's actually levels of heaven, too, where it talks about that you actually lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, that actually there's going to be different levels of heaven, it talks about that in the scripture. I got so much more, but I gotta stop. There's so much more, where do we go, Lord, what can I? Let me, uh, let me just read a couple of things here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter three, verses 11 through 15 says, for there's no other foundation can any lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds upon this foundation with gold, meaning builds upon Jesus with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For that day, meaning the day of the judgment of the saints, because he's talking to saints here, that day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. So anything that we've done on this earth... It's not of God. It's just going to burn up because it's not getting into heaven. Anything that we've done in flesh is not getting into heaven. I'm telling you that right now. So it's going to be burned up. And it goes on to say, um, but that which we built that endures, we will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved as yet through the fire. There's going to be some junk that we did on this earth as Christians that aren't gonna get us into the lake of fire, but we're probably not what he had in store for us. And that stuff, he's gonna show us, he's gonna show us. The great white throne judgment, let me read that to you, so I just didn't describe it, but I actually read it out of Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, so I read it from the scriptures. This is the great white throne judgment. This is where God takes all who are in hell and moves hell and Hades into the lake of fire. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, which is God, um, from those who, um, from, and then I saw a great white throne and those who, and him who sat upon it, thank you, uh, from those who faced the earth and all of heaven fled away. So these are the people who fled away from God or returned from God. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the Lamb's book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. And by the things which were written in the book, and the sea gave up its dead, and those who were in it, and death, and Hades, were delivered up from the dead with those who are in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there is a judgment. And everyone's going to at least stand before God and give an account of everything. Now this second death here it might sound like, oh, would they get to die finally? But as this other scriptures show, death is a description of the eternal separation from God. You don't get the end. It's not annihilation. It's an eternal separation. Let's all stand and if I could have Amy come up and we're gonna close. I pray that I Hopefully made this simple enough out of the scriptures, I ask you to study them yourself. Look at the scriptures and understand and know that eternity is at stake. Not just for us, because hey, we got the get out of jail free card. But eternity is at stake for every man, woman, child on the face of the earth. And if we've been given the privilege of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and he makes his word real to us, and we have the answers. You're right, Jason. Maybe we should feel a little bit. What are you doing with what you got while you're here on this earth? Jesus said it this way, hey, I'm gonna, we're gonna have a great commission, and I'm gonna commission you to go into all the world and preach this gospel to all creatures. So we have an assignment why we're still here, and it's to take the gospel to all creatures, to everyone. And what we spoke about here today is real for every single person. There's only two choices for every single person. Please, I don't want my worst enemy to spend eternity in hell. I'm sure you don't either. We shouldn't have enemies anyway, but. (laughs) Father, I don't know what else to say to bring this real to them. I just ask that you just bring your word so real, so alive, that if they've been believing a lie, if they don't believe what has just been said here, that you make it real to them, that your word be true, and that every man be a liar let us know and understand that there's decisions to be made now that way we're here on this earth that will affect all of eternity and there's people out there dying i'm going to give you a vision i had um, many years ago i was I was taken up into a, this vision and i saw caskets and i and it was like well wait a second i know some people get cremated but And I did ask God about that. He said, he actually, you know, those who are cremated, he actually doesn't need that body. He can actually take the bones and all the stuff and make that glorified body back. But these people were in caskets. And as the casket was opened and they sat up, these demons laughed and began to torment them and began to rip them from their casket. And they were alive. They sat up in their caskets and began to just take them and chained would be three or four of them around these people into that burning place I could see a burning place and laughing and mocking them all the way and as I looked up I saw several caskets and I looked up and I could see as far as my eye could see across the horizons and it was flat caskets and demons opening up and people being led the lake of fire, into the hell, once they, they're gone, unless they get revived by the paddles or something, unless they get revived somehow and come back to life, which doesn't happen, <laughs> but once they're gone, I can't go into hell and get them. And that was the picture I had. And it kind of broke me because he said, what are you doing right now? You play church and you have fun and you get the anointing and you love my glory and you love all that stuff and there's nothing wrong with that. But what are you doing now for these situations? What are you doing now for that neighbor across the street? What are you doing now? could I ever say but I don't want to offend them Lord how could I ever say that we don't want to talk about religion Lord and they are on their way to everlasting destruction Father God I just pray right now that we just get a fresh picture of what a lies and waits for those who don't know you and that we've been left on this earth and we've got the truth. And we have an opportunity to share that truth. And if we could just pluck one of that fire for your glory. You left this world to us and it says that we are your hands and feet on this earth. Us to be about our business while we're here. And also Lord, sometimes we get so earthly minded, so caught up with the junk, help us to be, it says in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through three that to set our affections on the things above, to know that we have eternity that's beyond glorious that's beyond great, that we know that that is waiting for us for us. So for the few short years that we are on this earth, that we learn how to persevere. Knowing what awaits us. Knowing what's there for us. All eternity with you. All eternity in the presence of Jesus. All eternity with no pain, no heartache. Man, all eternity in love awaits each and every one of us that has accepted your Son's sacrifice. Help us to remember and have our minds set on that blessed hope. When the things of this earth get rough and hard, to quit whining about our silly circumstances sometimes that we find ourselves in that we think are such a big thing when in the light of eternity are nothing. I'm going to ask today, is there anyone in here that hasn't accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you're not sure that you've done that, that you're not sure of your eternity Is there anyone in here like that today that wants to make sure um, of that eternity right now? Maybe you're someone who maybe accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you walked away from that gift, and you've been living your own life and doing your own thing. If you're in either one of those two groups, I'm going to see you raise your hand right now. Because I want you to make a public declaration right now before these people here, before me. Is there anyone here that has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Let me see your hand. Is there anyone in here that may have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and walked away from him? See, there's no such thing as once saved, always saved. I don't know where that weird thing came from, but it's not in here. It's what you do with Jesus. You can walk away from the gift. And there may be someone in here that walked away from the gift he's calling you back home. Is that you today? You know, this may be hard to do, to raise your hand, but you know, if you declare him publicly, he declares you publicly. So I am putting you on the spot. Again, I'm gonna ask that question. Is there anyone in here that wants to make sure right now, today, that they have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay, I see that hand. You can put that hand down over here on that side. Anyone, come on. I I see that hand in the back. You can put your hand down. Come on, make sure I see your hand. You can put that hand down. Is there anyone who's maybe accepted him as Lord and Savior, but you know you've walked away? You know you walked away. And now this is your day. I'm going to see your hand. Come on. Let's wait for a minute. This is too important. This is eternity. Okay, I see a hand. You can put your hand over there, down. Christians, it says in Jude that some people, you can save them with compassion. But other people, you gotta pull out of hell's fire because they're in condemnation. And you know what? Sometimes you just need to be rough on them and say, Look it, you're going to hell. And this is what hell is. There's nothing wrong with it. Some we say by compassion, others need to see the picture. Wherever you're at, and whoever you're talking to, the Holy Spirit will show you how to deal with each of these people. But we've got to wake some people up, including ourselves, that it's time is short. I told the story several times in here and um Pastor Denny's dad was here. I think he was visiting then, and it was just at the end of Pastor Al being here. Pastor Al was, I think, left shortly after that. But Pastor Pastor Denny's dad, Denny, and I... Prayed for a woman up here at the altar, and she accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that was so cool. So I was on Sunday. So the next Sunday comes, and I go over to him. I says, "Where's that woman?" Because he was up on he was actually guest worship teaming here. I think he was still. I think he was going to play with Pastor Ellis' uh, worship team. I went up there and asked him what happened. He said that woman's house burnt down on Saturday yesterday, and she died. Friday, a Sunday, she accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Saturday, she's dead. That next Saturday, we don't know. We don't know. The time is short. Father God, I just ask for your blessings to be on each and every one here. Let them know and understand your love. Let them know and understand that you've made a way for every person to walk in that love and that you will use them as vessels of that love to touch others. Let them know that they don't have to be a pastor. They don't have to have special training. All they got to do is yield to your Holy Spirit and allow that love to get on them and that love will flow through them and touch others. That this isn't... Hard to do it's about yielding to you and your work of the Great Commission and allowing your love to flow through them And pull many out of the pits of hell Let's plunder hell today And from here on out and populate heaven. Amen Let's uh, worship this last worship song and those who raise their hand I'm gonna ask the Prayer team to come up here right now. Those who raised their hand, um, come on up, we'll pray with you. Those who didn't raise their hand, come on up, we're just gonna pray with you. Those who just wanna come up here and worship God, come on up, just make an altar here today where you just lay things before Him. Maybe there's some things in your life you just wanna get straight. You wanna be one of those people who are free about allowing the Holy Spirit's love to flow through you and touch others, the love of God whatever it is, it's time to quit playing around in this world and give ourselves totally to the job that we're here for. Amen? So let's worship and praise the Lord. One last song. I ask you just to cement this into your heart. Check it out for yourself. Don't believe everything I said. Check it out for yourself in the Word of God. I would suggest, I don't know of many good books, I don't want to give you books outside of the Bible, but I know that 23 Minutes in Hell is a book that fits the Bible 100%. I've read it several times. That um, Imagine Heaven is actually another good book that fits the Bible 100%. But the main thing is God's given us everything in his love letter right here and describes all this stuff to us and lays it all out and says, hey, I commissioned you while you're on this earth. We've got heaven already. What a privilege. But there's many around us who don't. Let's be about that business of plundering hell, populating heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.